Welcome to Pastor JT's devotional podcast. Join him and his guests each week as they journey through God's Word together. For more information, check out our website at shuckmemorial.com. We're so glad you're listening. Good afternoon. This is Pastor JT here with Tristan, and we're excited to have our podcast going today. And we're going to continue with that that theme here, what if Jesus was serious? So hopefully by now, doing this a couple weeks, you've got the book already ordered. You can get it on Amazon, but follow us with it. It's got great pictures and just good explanations, and we're going to jump into two of them. But Tristan, I'm going to let you talk about your golf weekend for a minute here. Yeah, we started out strong, pretty strong this weekend anyways. Um, but in the end, you know, we kind of lost it, fell apart on it a little bit. But we always have more opportunities. That's true, that's true. You know, that's always the good thing about sports is you might not win them all, but you always have another game ahead of you. Right. We were doing this weekend over at the Briar where I do chaplaincy. We, they, they promoted me to a worship leader music director for the for a little season and and so we were doing victory in jesus and having choir practice with some of the residents and uh, before we started we were talking about we said you know if you're the kansas city chiefs you don't have a super bowl victory when you play against tom brady and with west virginia basketball you got to get past the second round to get you a championship there and they didn't do that but we said with jesus you always have a victory and and so it was a good way to put that song in perspective. There is a victory in yes. Jesus, but not necessarily in everything else. Right. And that's, uh, that's where we're going to focus here today, is focusing on the Lord. But lots of good things going on. And, you know, if you're hearing this podcast, you can always join us at Owen Church. We're located at Shuck Memorial Baptist Church, downtown Lewisburg. Love to have you come. we got two services, the bridge, more contemporary, 9 o'clock. And then we have our 11 o'clock service, and we'd love to have you at either one of them. So if you are looking for a church, and we got a, we got some good things coming up, and so just want to get you connected. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess we'll roll into our devotional here. Uh, this week's title is called "Do Work." It's based on Colossians uh, three twenty three. Whatever you do, work with work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So let's roll on in here. Work might feel like a four-letter word sometimes, but it's far from a bad word. It's a catalyst for change, for achieving your dreams, and for connecting to your purpose. In those times when you don't feel like working hard for your teachers, coaches, bosses, or parents, know that you don't actually work for them. Try to replace their faces with the image of God, the creator of this universe, and author of your life story. A guy named Paul in the Bible realized that he was called to ministry and to share the gospel with everyone unapologetically. He worked hard to carry out his plan for life, and he was brutally beaten and ridiculed. Most people would quit in the face of so much adversity, but he knew that he was working unto the Lord. So he would get back up, and return to his life mission with a passion only God can motivate. God wants to use you in so many areas of life. Why limit yourself by not working hard and not giving it your all? With God, you kick down limitations and open the door to unlimited possibilities. You have desires and dreams downloaded into your heart. Remember that your boss is the Lord, 
and it is time to do work. Reflect. What responsibilities, paid or not, have you felt unmotivated about lately? What are two action steps you can take this week to stay motivated in your duties and bring your best to the work ahead? You know, when you think about, you know, jobs and things of doing with uh, being motivated and sometimes unmotivated with them, you know, it's, it's funny, doing the dishes is something that is just, it's hard to get motivated, but you know you have to clean them. And this past weekend, they've been working on all the pipes and water pipes down in Ronsonford. And As so the usual. water's been on and off. Oh, yeah, it's a huge, huge project. Hopefully by the time six months go by that they'll have the whole thing done. But over the, the course of six months, it's like sometimes you have water, sometimes you don't. And so it's like with the dishes, it's like, oh, we ate, we better get them cleaned real quick while we have water because <laughs> might not have it for, for a day or two. And so we were without water. So, so to say the least, the motivation for doing the dishes is that we just don't want a pile of dirty dishes that we can't wash because the water's off. So that's kind of, I guess to say the least, that's kind of been motivation to get that done, even though yes. it's not the most favorite of task. And, not uh, by any means. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a good good devotion as we think about that, and we're going to think about some ways to, to work today as well, working for the Lord and doing things, you know, Jesus talks about in public and in private, and I think that's our, our step two, and before we jump into that one, we'll back up here to, to step 11 here, that he talks about if Jesus was serious, he says, then we'll, we'll value an ordinary life more than a famous one. But of course, we live in America, so we like fame, we like fortune. And yet Jesus is saying, you know, being ordinary, there's nothing wrong with that. And there's a pyramid here. If you want to break down that pyramid for us, Tristan. So this pyramid is broken down to the 1%, the elites, the middle class, and the unwashed masses. In there it says, for the unwashed masses, it has the, in parentheses, or not parentheses, but quotation marks, you are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. The middle class, you know, your marketers to speak to. The elites, your academics speak to. And the 1% uh, politicians speak to. Um, and then you have Jesus who speaks to everyone, speaks to all the crowds. That's pretty cool when you think about it, and, and I was kind of surprised there. I mean, of course, you know, over the last year or two, you just kind of go with the presidential race and stuff. You think more people are paying attention than the 1% with, the, <laughs> with mm-hmm. that, but maybe that's the case. Who knows? And I, I thought it was interesting, very small kind of percentage there with the academic elites. But, yeah, the, the middle class, that seems like that's where the marketers really go for. And I guess that's more your spending class here in, in our country. But then it is interesting, the, the unwashed masses, I mean, that, that Jesus really was talking about is that huge category. It holds the pyramid up, too, mm-hmm. in many ways there on the bottom. And yet Jesus spoke to actually all the crowds. And that's kind of, that's interesting, all the way from the 1% to the elites, the middle class, the unwashed. And, and so very, very neat as you think about that. And so who Jesus was addressing here, uh, you know, really in many ways were, were kind of just ordinary, everyday people that responded to Jesus. And so we're gonna kind of look at some of that today as well. Here in the book on page 42, he says, you know, when Jesus was, was speaking here, it was um, to the, what you would say, almost the, the backward people of Galilee, not the powerful Romans or the wise Athenians or the religious scholars in Jerusalem 
nor was Jesus addressing the elite among his own ragtag band of students. His listeners were really no one special. And still Jesus said these average ordinary people that you're the salt of the earth. And you think about those words, you're the light of the world. And so what do you think about that, Tristan, there, that, that Jesus would spend his time, you know, really just pursuing ordinary people to, to make them the salt and the light and those are two good things, especially yeah. in Jesus' time. You had, they didn't have refrigerators, so salt no. was the way to preserve your food. It made your meats last a little longer there. It certainly did. Uh, yeah, but the salt and the light, you know, the light and the heat and the fire preserved the meats that were salted and smoked or whatever they would want to do at the time. But that was a luxury to them compared to where we have refrigerators and can just freeze the stuff and... You know, have about a year's worth shelf life or, you know, however long until it goes out. Yeah, very true, very true. And you think about that, in a way, like, we are, this all the world, to preserve people for the gospel message, to to kind of prepare them, in a way, for the Lord. And, mm-hmm. and so it's really neat how, you know, Jesus uses that kind of image there. And, of course, light is always good. If you walk in darkness, you realize you can get injured pretty quickly. Yeah, you can't see. You can't see, and especially you got a younger brother, but you know sometimes littler ones like to, to leave stuff out on the floor, like Legos and stuff. And man, if you're walking in the dark, what typically happens there? You trip on the Legos, and then I don't know if you guys have ever stepped on Legos, but it's not fun. Yeah. It is not fun. No, it is not fun at all. And, and tripping on them is one thing. Stepping on them, that's a whole other ball game too. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Very, very painful. And you know, I like I like what he says. You know, here in in his book as well, he says, you know, the world doesn't need more YouTube stars or social media celebrities. Jesus affirms the world shaping value of ordinary people who follow the ways of an extraordinary God. And so that's, that's, you know, you just think about it in just the simplest terms. Like, we get to, to serve an extraordinary God, and, and that in itself makes us extraordinary before God. And, but, you know, we're always wanting to compare ourselves to other people and be like other people. And actually, I pulled up a list here of, of the top 15 most interesting people in history. And, you know, I'm sure you could pull up any kind of chart. This was off of Lifestyle, off of their website here. Back on November 16th, 2020, so last year, I guess we'd say here, they mm-hmm. had pulled up this list, and, and I thought it was interesting. The first person, of course, on the list, can you take any guess who the first person would be? Uh, probably from that list, I'm going to guess the Elon Musk from that list. Who is that? Huh? Oh. On your list there, unless it's God, I'd assume Elon Musk. Oh, okay. You see, I'm not even sure I know who Elon Musk is. Who, who is Elon Musk? Uh, the create the founder and creator of Tesla. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, you learned something new. He's not on my list, I guess. But um, you you are right here. Number one is Jesus, and so they put Jesus as uh, one of the most interesting. See, yeah, I'm glad someone took and put that on a list. I didn't know if it was going to be like a list of just random names to be honest or if it was going to be actual important yeah you never know when you get a list off the internet but this this did happen to put they put jesus on here and they said you know central figure within christianity religion and they said you know one of the things that that attracts people to jesus is that we have a lot about his life throughout the gospels but really was his love and his desire for humanity and that restoring way in which he he led people and so 
they put Jesus there on the list. And, and number two, interesting enough, they put Abraham Lincoln. Huh. <laughs> Not quite my second pick, but... Yeah, yeah, a, a different perspective, but they put kind of his leadership in a time of conflicts. They um, put the immaculate, or the, um, I can't even say it here, the Emancipation Proclamation. Right. Um, that, that he had signed, of course, you know, just, just the error of time to which he lived and, and the way that he was able to get the country through the, the Civil War. So they put him down as a influential right. as well as um, definitely an interesting person. And the third person on the list, I didn't even know necessarily, and, and I mean, that's a bad thing. I didn't know her, but Maria Cura, and she was the first woman to receive a Ph.D. from the French University. I was about to say, who's that? She did, yeah, she did some groundbreaking discoveries and research and radioactivity, and and so she did some, I guess, some STEM field research as well, and, and so she's won a Nobel Peace Prize. So, I mean, it's somebody that... You know, I don't know, but but yeah, based on this website, people want to be you know see that influence there. As see, well. that's not something I look, I avidly look for. So yeah, maybe not our qualities per right. se that we'd be looking for. Um, but but you know, they do say Abraham Lincoln. When most presidents, you know, usually quote Lincoln more than any other president, right? And so they reflect back on his words. Um, number four, though, this one's not really a surprise here, was Martin Luther King Jr. Right. But this was an interesting fact I learned about him in this article. It said that his name actually was Michael King, but it says that his father traveled to Germany and he studied a little bit about Martin Luther uh, and, and what he did during the Reformation and was so compelled by his studies and, and compelled by the individual Martin Luther himself that he changed his son's name from Michael to Martin and he became <laughs> Martin Luther just like the... The Reformation leader there. And also, a fun fact about Martin Luther is he skipped ninth grade and 12th grade, started college at the age of 15. So, I would love to do that. Yeah, <laughs> he was uh, he was very, very smart, very smart. But um, no no question about Martin Luther King Jr. and his influence. And... Yeah, it sounds, it, the list is definitely going deeper into history than, you know, what I guess more, you know, millennials and gen... Z and all that would consider yeah interesting people that would be and and then the final person here on this list and definitely I would say Gen Z probably didn't make the list would be my guess here with Abraham Lincoln and and Mother yeah. Teresa is the final person of course she also was a, a Nobel Peace Prize winner and we only missed it by a few years did a did a lot of work there in Calcutta India and mm -hmm. certainly gave her life to serving the poor and, and a great yes. example. And I thought what was interesting is, and, and I don't know enough about Maria Cura to, to give you a lot about her information, but when you look at the list, obviously you got Jesus, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther, and Mother Teresa. You know, four, maybe all five of them, I don't know. You know, I can't speak for, for Maria, but I know at least four of those, you know, have all been uh, Christian leaders. And you look at the things to which they've done. So right. that's pretty cool there on the list. But yeah, as a Gen Z, who would you throw on there at that list? <laughs> um... See, I'm more of a techie, too, so anything kind of tech-related is definitely interesting on my list. I obviously agree with the first pick of Jesus, but mm -hmm. then you roll down, I see someone, you know, like Elon Musk or probably Elon Musk, then let's follow him with Bill Gates yeah, and other, you know, more tech stars like that. Sure. No, that, that makes sense. I'd probably, you know, just because I'm not into to science and stuff as much, I'd probably take Marie off the list 
And I'd probably I I probably throw Billy Graham in there. I would almost mm-hmm. think. I mean, he especially for for our age and generation. Right. Um, Billy Graham certainly a great great leader and influential person. And I think every pastor probably quotes him. <laughs> Strives yeah. to be like him. So, but yeah, I would, I'd probably change the list a little bit. But but most people on there, I think was a was a great was a great cast of characters and stuff on there too. So, very very cool. Yeah, especially when you look like. How currently Tesla is one of the biggest green car, like true electric cars right now. So yeah, a little bit of planetary help. <laughs> that does help. That does help. Well, it's very cool because as we look at being like other people and stuff, God reminds us that we're created to be really just who we are, and and so we don't have to be like anyone else. And as as we kind of you know finish this this little section, jump to the next one. He reminds us here that in his book, uh, talking about salt, light, on page 43, he says, Likewise, in a dark, deteriorating world, there is nothing more wonderful than simple people living as Jesus taught and living as light. And jumping down a little bit, he says, talking about salt and light are the outcomes of ordinary lives lived in a rich communion with God. And so our world desperately needs people to, to live out this gospel message mm-hmm. for future generations to, to come and know. Yes. And so, very, very good thoughts there. And any other thoughts you have there, Tristan? I do not for this section, no. All right. Well, we will go ahead and jump into section 12 here today. And this section tells us here that if Jesus was serious, then we'll seek God's glory rather than our own. You know, I see that little top image to me. And those three words remind me of something I read earlier. It's not like it's the devotional or all, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those top three words, public or private righteousness. That is the discussion. Absolutely. So public or private. You know, last week we were talking about, you know, the, the peacekeepers versus the peace fakers. This mm-hmm. week we're talking about the public versus the private righteousness. And so what we do here before others and what we do beside Uh, beside ourselves there and so you know this is an interesting little kind of chart you want to kind of give them a visualness of this here Tristan sure why not um so we've got a little you know almost northeast southwest style lines set up here you got a couple doors and a light bulb Uh uh-huh for we have towards the northern bound we have God looks good Towards the east, we have benefits others. South, we have I look good. And, you know, the reason I'm going to say with south and we're going to put that there is Devil Went Down to Georgia. Oh, man, that's a great song. And and I was also thinking when you were saying that, like, it's like you're going down south, right? I mean, like, you're going, you know, down instead of up when it's all about yourself. And then we're going to go towards the west, west direction here. Benefits me. So, you know, northeast, we're looking God looks good and benefits others. So, I'm, according to this image, I think that's the light bulb there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because let your light shine before others, Matt 5, 16. Um, then we have, you know, our southeastern direction. We have benefits others and I look good. Mm-hmm. So... Publicly, that might look good, but it, I'm glad you're still benefiting others. 
Right. It's kind of, you know, a double-edged blade there. Mm-hmm. It makes you look good, but it also benefits others. Very true. Very true. Then you have the Southwest. The benef- only benefits you and makes you look good. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Matthew 6, 1. Uh, then we have the Northwest, which is benefit me, benefits me but makes God look good. Mm-hmm. You know, you could think of that as being some of the miracles to, like, the leopards, mm-hmm. where God healed them. It, it benefited God. And it benefited technically someone else, mm-hmm. but if you're the one receiving you and made God look good. Yeah. And so God given the glory there to mm-hmm. the healing and the individuals. Of course, the leopards, though, only, you know, how to tend them, only one came back and thanked him. Right. <laughs> so, so we think about that, but yeah, it's, you know. So it benefits them, but still makes me look good. Yeah. Yeah, and so we have this kind of diagram here of looking at all these different angles. And that's kind of where we jump back into the, the ideal here within the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus calls his followers, as we've said several times, light of the world, and, and illuminating. And, you know, he talks about the ideal there, too, with a obviously with a candle, which was their main source of light, or, or a jar with a flame, an oil lamp. You wouldn't put a basket over because, well, your whole house would catch on fire. And Catch so, on fire and you couldn't see. Yeah, absolutely. So he, he's called to let your light shine before others. So we get this ideal that we are called to let our light shine before others so that they may see your good works, give glory to the Father in heaven. So so here in one way, Jesus is like, absolutely do this. But but the thing is, is how are we letting our, our light shine? How are we giving God the glory? Or are we right. doing it for our own kind of selfish motives that others say, no, oh, man, that person's so good. They're doing all this. They're serving the poor. They're... You know, they're, they're um, praying for people. They're doing this and that. And then it becomes about the person more than, than God. And right. so that's kind of where this separation... You can spin any story to make it look one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he talks about here the appearance on page 40, 45. He says, the appearance to be a call to, to public versus piety uh, forms here religious, the expression that is on display for others to see. And so... In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus appears to, to say precisely the opposite. He instructs us to do our giving in secret or to pray in private and not to draw attention uh, upon ourselves even when fasting. And so it's like, well, first, we must recognize the importance of this intent. Jesus rebuked the way the other religious leaders gave, prayed, fasted, because it was clearly they were seeking the approval of the crowd. And so Jesus, on the other hand, called us to be light, let us shine. So it's like, how do we do that without drawing attention there to ourselves? And we must be aware of our motives and, and the sincerity to which we do it. And so sometimes it's like, would we actually do some of this stuff if nobody was watching us? And that's yeah. when we realize we maybe have the wrong intention if we're just doing it for the praise of man instead of for, the, for honoring God. And then he talks about here, if we're helping, secondly, Jesus said, you know, we should... Um, remain hidden within our giving or, or prayer or fasting and so it's like well that's the opposite <laughs> instead of like letting it be seen and so he talks about within our devotion here and he says you know my neighbor doesn't benefit from my fasting while the poor may benefit from our giving it says the primary thing here is that we should value God and, and do it for mm-hmm. his glory 
and it's easy at times to get caught up in our own glory. And that's kind of what partly what the Pharisees were doing. They were making these long, lengthy prayers, or they were giving alms to the poor, and it was all about how good they were instead mm-hmm. of looking about how good God was. And so we're called to share the gospel, but that's sharing Jesus. Right. And so the good that we do doesn't have to be noticed uh, other than God who sees it. Right. And so here we, you know, we look at these different different things here as, as he kind of breaks it up for us here. He kind of gives us this conclusion, so we're left with these guides. If the act is for the benefit or or will result in my glory, then it should remain hidden. That's kind of his conclusion. Mm-hmm. And if the act is for the benefit of others and God's glory, then then it shouldn't be hidden, and it should be viewed for all to be able to see us. Right. And, you know, in Matthew Matthew 6, 1 through 6, I'm going to read the message here, because I think it explains all this kind of very well. And so Eugene Peterson, of course, wrote the, the message in order for us to be able to get a good understanding on today's world of the, of the Bible. And so he says, starting out here, this uh, description he has is that the world is not a stage. Although sometimes we think it is, don't we? Yeah. So he says, you're starting out in uh, Matthew 6, verse 1. He says, be especially careful when you're trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theater, but the God who made you won't be applauding. Now, what do you think of that there, Tristan? That's kind of direct, isn't it? Yes. It's like it might be good performance, but yeah, God's not actually impressed with it might be everybody else is fooled and thinks man that's that's awesome but but it's really that we got to care more about what god's thinking than, right than everyone else and then he jumps here and he says you know when you do something for someone else don't call attention to yourself we've seen them in action i'm sure play actors i call them treating prayer meeting and street corners alike as a stage acting compassionate as long as someone is watching and yeah. so it's like they're only doing it, really, because someone's watching them. Uh, they're playing to the crowds, he says. They get applause, true, but that's all they get. When you help someone out, don't think about how it looks. Just do it, quietly. And so, you know, you kind of have this, this ideal. You don't need the applause of mm-hmm. others. Do it quietly. Do it humbly. And then he says, that is the way your God, who conceived you in love working behind the scenes helps you out and when you come before God don't turn that into a theatrical production either all these people making a regular show out of their prayers are hoping for stardom but here do you think that God sits in a box seat <laughs> yeah looking for your fame and fortune instead he says this he says here's what I want you to do Find a quiet place, schedule a place where you can pray before God, that you won't be tempted to role play before God, and just be there as simple and honestly as you can. And then he says, the focus will shift from you to God, and you'll begin to sense his grace and peace. And so it's like this, this ideal where it's like, don't, don't be all flashy and crazy and put up these lengthy things. Just yeah. go in a room and set a time aside and really sit there and be with God. And soon the attention will go from you to God and you'll be able to glorify him through that. See, that reminds me of a little... We're reading Macbeth, like um, Shakespeare, Macbeth, in uh, English. 
but it reminds me of alcohol uh, gives the desire but takes away the performance. Mm. So you'll have the desire to, you know, try and make God look good, but in essence, it could you just might be role playing or showing, like, haha, look what I can do. Instead of giving God your full time doing it in public. Yeah, just kind of a partial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. Well, Macbeth is a is a deep play in itself. All kinds of yeah. things going on there. But it is that you know the world is. You know, many times we think is our theater and, and we're putting on a performance, but God doesn't want us to put on a performance. He wants us to have a relationship with him. Right. And to, to do these things that others may see his glory through us, but not to do these things to benefit ourselves that others applaud us. And I think that's kind of where the the book kind of breaks down those those differences and and certainly but yeah, I do I do like how the message kind of throws that and makes it like a theater there and <laughs> kind of gives that sense where you know you get those images like you know god's not sitting in a box like waiting for you to perform and, <laughs> and god's not applauding this performance you know he gives some some good good reminders uh, that god's not impressed by our uh, by our acting ability but he's impressed by our genuine hearts right opportunities to truly serve and that reminds me of the quote yet again from Macbeth. uh Stars uh, show not your light as to not show my darkest desires. It's from right before he wants to commit the murder of Duncan. Oh, wow. Yeah, that brings that back because, yet again, some you'll go out and not show your true self until the lights are away from you. Wow, that's deep. That's deep. That's a good image, though. I mean, that goes right into to what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so that's good stuff. Well, this has been a, a good conversation <laughs> here today. It's certainly deep and, and brought some Macbeth in here and some Martin Luther King and some other good facts. So this we're is, just jumping around history. We, we are jumping around history for sure. But, you know, uh, I'll leave you with one passage of Scripture here out of Romans twelve eighteen. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And so we, we think about that and, and the peace that comes from knowing God and, and having that relationship. So we, uh, we're just going to pray for everyone here today. And Tristan, will you pray for us as we close? Yeah, sure. Um, dear Lord, please help us show our, our true selves, our Christian selves, our holy selves to everyone. But make sure it's in the way that glorifies you. Help us help others in your name, Jesus' name. Amen. All right, amen. Thank you, Tristan. <laughs> this has been a great conversation. I hope you guys are, are blessed listening to it and challenged at times as well as really thinking about the way that you serve and, and your motive behind it because God knows our heart and our intent. So we're not fooling him, so let's not fool each other and let's serve out a genuine love for right. God and, and lead others to him as salt and light. And we'll be back here next week, and we've got some good stuff coming up here in the next week here as well. So uh, make sure to stay stay tuned with us, and we'll talk about here some things about evangelism and justice next week and so why they matter. So have a great week, and we'll see you soon. Bye.